you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still I know, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, hopping down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all <laughs> and I love, I love your what if theory because you posted something on yesterday on Facebook yeah. and it blew my mind about what if uh, Killer Mongrel was successful, especially yeah. if you live in yeah. the kind of fire. Yeah. Can, I want that can, on can Yeah, yes. Man, I was just like, yeah. yes, um, and how that plays it plays relevant today. With the road, yeah. the protests and police brutality of how, you know, violence against violence. You know, right. some people said two wrongs don't make a right. But if you go back to your history, for every li liberation, there was an extremist. You know, there if you look at apartheid, I mean, that's the essential definition of what war. Yes, is. it's two opposing sides, and then there's a victor and a loser. Right. And Regardless of their beliefs, right in humanity, those two sides have to eventually clash and say, "Well, you know, I don't like your way of doing it. I, I will fight you for it, bro." You know, <laughs> I mean, no, you're right. You're right. War, yeah, war ensues. That's the concept I was talking to my kids about. I'm like, by all definition, Hitler was waging war on the world, saying yeah. his idea was right, right, and the war and the world pushed back. Right. You know, so yeah, I mean, war is, you can say war is wrong. Right. But it, there is justification in saying if there's a side that is literally tormenting, terrorizing, right. murdering, that's their view. That's the way they do right. things. Right. And it's not just, it's not right. It's not, you know, uh, there's no, there's no morality to their way. Right. They are willing to murder innocent people to impose their way of life. 
to oppose that doesn't make you wrong. Even right. if you have to kill that opposing psyche, you know, right. uh, people from that opposing uh, warring faction, so to speak, doesn't make you the same as them. Right. If you have to kill off somebody that's right. trying to kill you, that's what war is. Um, however, in the event that, you know, the extreme, because people will say, if I'm, I'm going to kill someone, that's extreme. Right. Right? To say, oh, I'll kill for my beliefs as, a, you know, as an American. If it came down to it, I want to mm -hmm. be free. I don't want to be a slave. I want to be whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll fight for that. I'll kill for that. That's extreme, right? Right. So the problem is that I was trying to tell my kids, I'm like, if we had to, uh, if Killmonger came and said, yo, I'll fight for y'all. Right. And in fact, here's some weapons to do it. As long as you join me, let's get rid of this whole, you know, racist stuff. Right. From, from here on out. Let's just switch it out. Let's drain the swamp. Right. And I don't know. I'm like, what would that reality look like? What would that be like? Uh, right. We would have to worry about a new ruler, technically. Right. But would that be so bad if you didn't have to be afraid of being right. around? Right. You didn't have to be afraid of, uh, you know, starting a business. Right. People, you know, judging you first on how you look and saying, now, nah, you know, no loans for you. Right. Uh, if all of that got changed by one takeover. Right. I said, would that be bad? No more police brutality uh, as far as, you know, if he kept his word, you know, no more oppression. Right. I'm like, what would that be like? And my kids, and, man, we had a great conversation. Really awesome. I wish I was there. Yeah. Like, just a fire <laughs> the wall, you know. <laughs> Cause I know yeah. your, I know your, your your kids hit you up with some gems too. You're like, you know yeah. what? I never thought of it that way. Yes. Yeah, and there there a lot of people are like, wait, how old are your kids? They're, never <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're teenagers. They're teenagers. They they they're ready for it. Um, but I have I have uh, and I told them in that conversation. I said I have tried to protect your innocence from giving you unveiling uh, the, the, the all of the ugliness of yeah. American history. Right. And abroad, world history, as right. it comes to colonizers, as it comes right. to people raping and pillaging right. other cultures just for their financial gain or whatever. Right. And I, I said, I've tried to keep that veil down as long as I can, but I can't, as a parent, send you into adulthood. It's only like four years from now right. um, with, you know, naive concepts of how the world is. Right. So um, that, that conversation was really, we've had a few. But that one really got their minds going, and I'm just I'm just driving the car, listening, and they're going back and forth, and I'm like, all right, all right. good <laughs> questions, kids, good questions. <laughs> but the one thing too is I think which is really deep about this conversation when you bring up Killmonger, you yeah. know, his extremist comes out of love for his people. You know, he grew up in L.A. His father gets killed. Uh, he learns, he goes to school, he does the right thing. But over time, he sees his people disenfranchised. Mm. He plays by the rules, and the shit's still occurring. Right. And throughout that love and that frustration comes that extremist. When you get to Hitler, to me, I feel like he was more just an opportunist. You know, you had mm. Germany in depletion after World War I. Right. In chaos. And so he used his false ideology as a way 
to stir up hatred towards other people to build Germany. So there is a distinct difference between the two ideologies. But what happens is people kind of mix them into together, saying, yeah, he wanted to kill a lot of people. He wanted to kill, no, he didn't want to kill a lot of, he didn't want to kill people. He just wanted to do right for his people. You know what I mean? So how do right. you kind of explain that to people in a way that, because right. sometimes when you think of righteous war, you think of righteous war being an actual moron. It's like, what's righteous in war? But without war, you don't have liberation. Without you war, don't you don't liberation. have the right. end of the American Revolution War. You know, yeah. without the Civil War, you don't have emancipation. Right. So how do you distinct the, the two difference or either way? I mean, it's uh, Killmonger as a character, so the movie character that, that was depicted in the movie um, is, is a very layered uh, right. character. And he's very close to what we as black Americans really deal with, uh, right. which is you're talking about trauma on a daily basis. If you're connected to true information, yes. you have to see a video about yeah. an innocent child being murdered by a police officer. No consequences, right? right. Uh, and the name, I had to show my kids a picture that it was a collage of all of these black people that have been murdered, uh, killed by the cops. Right? right? And I'm like, how many is in this picture? And there was like, too many. I'm like, right. right. I said, now imagine someone saying, get over it. Yeah. You know, that's a PTSD, you know, all in its own right. right. And uh, Killmonger, as a character, is very much uh, just as complex as his, his, his character arc is. Right. I mean, you and I are living through that same predicament to say, even if it's not your your family directly, right? You know, if you're disconnected enough to not be upset about what's what's happening, all of these murders, then that's a that's an individual problem. Right. You have disconnected yourself from your humanity to say, "Oh, well, that's somebody else's problem." No, right. it could be yours tomorrow. Right. Uh, it could be your family members tomorrow, just on a routine stop. Right. If uh, if a, if someone of authority, police officer says, you know what, get out of the car. I don't want to get out of my car. I haven't done anything wrong. Hey, I need backup. Uh, they're being belligerent, and you know, uh, I got to use force. Right. Crack, 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 haze, right. haze, and you know, probably get shot. That's how serious our reality is. Unfortunately, right. um, not all of us go that route to say, I'm gonna fight back every single time. Right. We have to pick our battles and then pretend like it's okay to go to right. work, go to sleep, feed our kids, and wake up and do it all again. Like none of that trauma is truly affecting us. So any of us, any of us could take that same extreme notion, go through the ranks of military, right. uh, you know, Navy SEAL or whatever you want to say, special forces, and go rogue. Yeah, You know, with that same trauma always there saying, you know what, all I need is the right tools and I'm going to get these people back. I'm going to pay back for all that trauma I lived through. Right. And in the movie, um, you do get that moment where Killmonger says, you know, uh, everything was taken from me. Yeah, I remember that. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a uh, it's a it's a real super super real line. I don't think we would have gotten that that real um transparency if it wasn't 
directed by Ryan, uh, Brian Coogler. Uh, Coogler. I, I totally um, agree. You, you need a black director to have a voice that literally speaks, you know, from a space that's real. Right. Otherwise, he would have been some cliche. Well, I just want right. to be like the Joker. I just want to burn right. it down, burn it down safe. You know, <laughs> uh, he, he wasn't like that. He had some real core trauma that he was functioning under, and you can say from um, another from another side of the coin. Yo, he was too extreme. He was choking that lady. He shot that woman. He openly admitted he murdered and killed on right. the continent of Africa through right. his missions. And right. he said he'd kill children right. of his enemies if he needed yeah. to. Right. right? Ethically, that challenges a lot of questions. Yeah. But trauma, you know, uh, PTSD is kind of hard yeah. to, you yeah. know, well, don't do that. Don't do that. It right. can literally mess up someone's whole mind. Uh, yeah. And that grief mixed in with that PTSD is is a really really terrible mix. But if that let's say just run a whole gamut, man, Killmonger came in with the power to absolutely, you know, usurp right. everything that America's been doing, the power, the White House, all that. Trump right. gets kicked out of the way, right. everything, and now power is given to someone who is tired of the status quo. Right. says I'm not gonna it's it's not acceptable nowhere. Right. I don't care where you are. If you know, let me know if you got some problems, I'm gonna come handle it for you. Right. You got the power to do it. In fact, I'm gonna give you the power. Right. But you gotta you gotta plead your loyalty to me. That would be a huge, huge, you know, upset to every person in this country that never wanted to see that happen. So, but we would be the benefactor of that. Uh, black people, black and brown people, would be the benefactors of that. Right. Uh, the only problem is you got somebody that's real, real ready to, you know, if you disobey or you, oh, know, yeah. you don't like the way he's doing it. That's you know, right. We don't know how that would go. But right. it's a great hypothetical. That's what I think. So. Right. And I think the beauty is that you don't know. Let's say if he does take power, right? Yeah. And say the true essence of a man is when you give him power. Yeah. And will it would it have been a democracy or would it have been a monarchy where his <laughs> word is word and everything yeah. else is irrelevant? Yeah, I think so. I think that would be that would be Killmonger's, you know, um say what is his way or, or the highway and the highway may be death. Right. So, uh, I mean he showed that throughout the throughout his brief stint of power, which is yo, do it. Right. Or get out of my way. You're in my way. You right. Know, bah, kill. You right. know. So I don't think it would go, uh, it wouldn't be a, a peaceful scenario, but we would still be benefactors. Right. As, as much as there are um, white Americans who aren't racist, they weren't raised racist. They were actually raised to love. Right. Um, they have family members that, are the, you know, have black people in their family. Yep. They got married into so now they've they've actually interacted with black uh, right. black people. And they're like, you know what? You've changed my views on black right. people. I never right. had a black friend before. I love I love you. Right? Right. right. Though just as much as those white Americans benefit from white privilege, yeah. which is to say, you know, they don't get randomly stopped. Right. Uh, they don't get suspected first. Right. From you know random stop and frisk right. things like that you know 
the same way they benefit from the current landscape that's here, we would benefit from a possible killmonger, you know, coming in and saying, nah, all the white people are going to be suspect first. Right. Let's run, let's run, stop, let me talk, you know, arrest right. that man. He looks like, you know, he could be a racist. There you know Right. Uh, he, he's wearing he's wearing the wrong kind of shirt. Let's you know. Let's see. Let's see your ID, sir. Right. You're like, what, what are you doing? I'm just walking. I don't care. Yeah. Let me see. You know, <laughs> a total paradigm shift. But yeah. just that, just seeing that, that's what uh, people are like. Yo, I would read the hell out of this comic, this comic book. If yeah. they did a you know King Killmonger story, I'm like, I would too. If they wrote it right, as long as they wrote it right, I would read it too, man. I, um, I would too, definitely. I I think it's important too because you want that what if scenario because you know how like when you see movies yeah. and, and you would think it would never happen and then it happens right. in our lifetime you know what yeah. I mean so it kind of gives you a precursor of what would it look like if it ever occurred right right and that that would be that would be um, that's why I think the conversation with my kid was with my kids were important because if you don't give them especially during all this. There's a lot of pain happening right now. There's people dying during right. the protest. Yeah. Uh, and there's still injustices happening. And I asked my kids, I'm like, so tell me your understanding. Let me, let me hear your understanding. I didn't force it. I didn't say, hey, this is what I want you to believe about what's happening. I right. said, let me hear your understanding. And so I was listening first. And they got the they got pieces. They're like, you know, the world is mad because George Floyd died. I'm like, okay. And why do you think they're mad exactly? What exactly? You right. know, are they so what are they protesting for? You know, and I let them speak and let them really articulate what they thought was going on. And then I just put in the pieces. And I asked, I still was asking them questions. I'm like, you know, what if that happened to me? Right. What if that what if that happened to your father? Right. How would it make you feel? But, and I mean, the, if if you don't give your children the ability to actually voice, right. you know, even their their fractured understanding, let them give you the answers first, right. and then you know, piece the piece the whole bridge together after that, because right. they they may surprise you. You know, my kids, you know, I'm like, where? How many videos have you watched? Right. You know, and they were like, well, I saw this one and I saw that. I was like, oh, my son mentioned the rubber bullet size. I was like, I just saw that. Right. You know? <laughs> so it may surprise you, but um, it's real, man. You got to talk to people. You got to give them that opportunity. And then I think one one of the big scenes, too, in Black Panther is yeah. when Killmonger went back and saw his father getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> like he was yeah. like... He replayed that what happened and saw it was a black man that killed his father. And yeah. so that kind of reframes into his mind his justification of killing anybody that's in his way, too. You know what I mean? It's that torment, man. It's, it's really, it's trauma. It's real yeah. trauma. Like that's, um, that's something that it's not to be taken lightly. And it's, it's, it's easy to say he was evil. Um, but it's more complex than that. Mental illness is more complex than that. Right. And to call him a villain is easy. Right. You know? But like I said, anybody, uh, the family of, of George Floyd, if they were so inclined to say, nah, I want revenge. Yeah. Them going to jail ain't enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Are they evil? 
uh, are they are they villains? Right. If they say, "Yo, I, no, you killed him in cold blood. I saw it. I want right. revenge." Right. That's the easy thing to say. Well, oh no, because of my belief system, you shouldn't do that, and that's right. evil. But you know, that's what that's what wars are started over, man. It's all throughout history. I totally agree. Because when you you bringing it up, make me think about Fidel Castro. You yeah. have some portions of the world that hates him, and some portion of the world that love him. Portion right. of the world called him a dictator, which I understand because he did kill people. But yeah. at the same time, he helped South Africa against apartheid. He was the only leader and country that helped. Because if you go back when Nelson Mandela was free, the first country right. he went to was Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think Mandela had to make a, a choice. He's like, yes, I understand he did this, but at the same time, he did this for my people. Yeah. And I have to recognize that. And I think that's the one thing people have to recognize is that people are complex. You know, yeah. you can't, you can't um, label a person this way. You can't. Because right. like you said, Killmonger had different level, layers to him. You know what I mean? He wasn't. He was angry, but he also loved. He was a victim. He was a yes. victim of, of of circumstance, a victim of society. He they didn't show it in the movie, right. but he grew up without a father. Yeah, he had to grow up without a father in in uh, you know uh, America. Right, and they didn't. They had to cut that out, obviously for time reasons. Right, but don't downplay what that's like. Especially if you live in a, especially if you live in a uh, impoverished right. area, right. Uh, especially if you're aspiring to be successful and get past the trauma of, yo, I don't have my dad anymore. Right. That was the only person they don't talk about his mother, no. right? So, no. Or anybody else loving him throughout no. that childhood, no, to, to adulthood. That's trauma. Yeah. And I, I didn't have my father. I had my mom. I had four brothers. I was lucky to have male influence to say, you know what? This is how you act. This is how you treat women. This is how, mm -hmm. you know, I had all of that because I had, I was the youngest of four brothers. So I had older brothers to influence me all the way to adulthood. And I got examples of how man, uh, you know, man can act, how to be married and how to treat your kids, all that stuff. Right. Uh, they skipped that part in the movie. They just said, yep, you know, right. he's a kid, now he's an adult. Right. And he's angry. Right. Uh, you know, but sit. I would say anybody sit sit a uh, sit a thirty plus year old black man from America that's been living in America yep. from any from uh, multiple walks of life. Try to talk to multiple if you can, right. and ask them about you know being raised in America. Right. You know, um, ask them if anybody in their family has been killed right. unjustly, right. whether it be from police right. or society, you know, local uh, stuff. It really doesn't because, you know, as a child, you're not choosing those things. You have to, he said, and, and that was a sad part a lot of people overlooked. I loved it. Uh, when his father in that dream state said, yeah. you know, no no tears for me. And he was like, yo, death is just a part. It's just a part of living out here. Yeah. That was from a kid's perspective. Yeah. And he probably, I think that was a, a head nod from the director to say, we had to cut that part of him growing up. You know, because that was Killmonger as an adult, but he was represented by a young kid. Yeah. You know, and he basically had to say, oh, 
death is a part of life out here in these streets. Yeah. And he had to learn that right. as a child. So uh, to, to really, you know, downplay and say, oh, he was, just, he was, he was misogynistic and he choked that lady. I don't no, know. He was broken. Listen, that's a broken mind that you're talking about. Of and then the one thing, be. too, is if you yeah. go back to the movie, too, is the birthmark in his lip. Yeah. But he never knew where that birthmark came from. No. And then later on in his life, he, re he realized that. And I think that scarred him the most, that he had a family yeah. out there. Yeah. And he felt like nobody came to come get him. And yeah. he, again, that goes to that premise that he was alone. Right. I mean, listen, man, you can, you can, you can say all the things, but until you empathize, and empathy yeah. is not given. If you look yeah. at the definition of empathy, it says it's a skill. Right. It's an actual skill to try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. It's yeah. not a default thing that everybody understands. Empathy takes practice. Right. So until you try to genuinely put yourself in someone else's shoes like that, man, and, and black women are yeah. some of the most powerful, yeah. powerful people on this planet. Because yeah. they're not raising, they're not just living for themselves. They got four kids. My mom had four children. And said, bump all that. I'm raising my kids. Um, I can't even fathom. Now I can kind of get it, but I only right. got two. Left my two. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and she she hustled, man. Uh, my whole life, I never wanted for anything. Right. But now in hindsight, I'm like, you understand how hard that is? That's crazy. So, you know, but empathy takes practice. You got to put yourself in someone else's shoes before you say, oh, they're crazy. How could he? How could he possibly think, you know, that uh, forcibly taking over the government is going to help people? Uh, listen, I mean, that's it seems short-sighted, but yeah. it it you don't know if that how that would feel yeah. for a lot of people that are in terror, terror constantly right. of where they live, what they you know what they're uh, they're in jail, incarcerated with a killmonger ruler say, yo, you know. Stop all this jailing of my people. Yeah. You know, you're out. If you're, if you're, you know, they may have some technology to probably, you know, cross-reference if they're really crazy. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> little things like that, little things like that. It would be, uh, it would be a whole new regime, man. Right. But, uh, that, it was, it was that, that was the point of what I posted. Um, and I love, I love storytelling. I love really just thinking about you know, people. Um, right. as characters because it's and I, I have a saying um where if i don't enjoy the antagonist in, a, in any superhero story if they don't feel genuine if they don't feel believable i'm not i can't really enjoy the story as much mm -hmm. uh you can have a, a superhero character with the best power set ever that's entertain that's entertainment but mm -hmm. like, you're gonna draw me in with a really really well-written character that's layered that's complex that's not just oh he's evil that's why he does stuff oh, okay cool there's only seven million of those but you know why why is your character what's your motivation for doing stuff um so that's why i love doing these kind of things it's, it's, it's been fueling me as a character designer for you right and so you know i enjoyed this conversation with you man we for should sure. do this more often, man. I love, yeah. I love this, man. The thought-provoking sure. dialogue. I got one more question for you. I, I mm -hmm. love your what if. All right, let's say if you made a comic, and yeah. it was based on Doctor King, 
and Malcolm X, and they were alive. Fuck X Men. <laughs> 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 All right, this is your yeah. story. Right. What did you? What would that story be if they were still alive? Oh man, um, it's the the beautiful thing is that um, I think the the progression of even before Malcolm X died. You know, that man changed from, uh, he had a, a very, very stark change in who he was, his personality, his belief system, in the short time that he, you know, started his his whole quest right. to, uh, to fight for uh, black and brown and here in America. But right before he died, man, he, he did that pilgrimage. He went and changed his perspective. So him getting back and actually, you know, moving forward with, civil rights or activism or, you know, trying to find solutions alongside of Martin Luther King. A lot of people don't understand why Martin Luther King was truly assassinated. It was not for civil rights. He, he had a long couple of years marching and doing civil rights. They didn't just decide one day, you know what, I'm tired of you doing people right. marching. <laughs> you know, that wasn't the real thing. You have to do research. Uh, Martin Luther King put out a video and he was being interviewed that said, yo, uh, there's poor whites that are getting subsidies for farm right. land. And we're going to go and request the same subsidies um, for land, for you know our ownership and things like that. If poor whites can get it, why can't blacks get it? Shit clap. Wait, what now? You're trying to empower people to do a absolutely legal system to get money that they... If they apply right, they should be able right. to get it. Oh, hell no. Pick like, and he yep. was assassinated not long after. Right. Um, so if that didn't happen, if that didn't happen, you're talking about two very enlightened and informed individuals coming. Uh, if they sat down at a table, I would see it very, very hard. I see it now clearly. You have two people that are willing to be open-minded about information. Uh, a Malcolm X that isn't angry um, to work with, or, you know, I should say not so angry that he won't work with someone. Uh, and I don't think he ever suffered from that specifically, but literally, you know, Martin Luther King and, and Malcolm X, yo, how do you feel about working about getting funds and finances back into the hands of black people? I don't see there being a disagreement at all with that. Uh, we're going to do it through the legal channels. We're going right. to, here's the paperwork, you know, here's what we researched and got through. Um, let's work together to do that. I mean, if you empower 500 black black uh, business owners or farmers, um, you, you can change a right. whole climate, a whole climate that say, well, our black farmers now have the money they need to feed our community. Right. right. Let's do let's do a strike for all black people to stop shopping at the store, grocery yeah. store, yeah. milk, cheese, bread, you know, all of this, uh, vegetables, anything you need. Right. We got the you know we got the means to do that now. Um, I don't know. Did you get a chance to read the newest uh, X Men comic? Uh, no, I didn't. Out, no, oh, I didn't get a chance. I can't spoil <laughs> it. Then. I can't spoil no, it. No, don't oh. spoil it me. I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> Um, but no, uh, I think the amazing part is when you have two very influential minds right. that are on the same path, man, it, you, it's, 
That's the, the, the possibilities are boundless. What can't they solve right. with the amount of people that were supporting them? What can't they solve? Right. So uh, my book, I, you got to read the X-Men joint. I'm going to do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm talking about literally. They would change. They would have changed America in some very, very stark ways. Uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X uh, were two brilliant men. Very brilliant, very, uh, very smart. Right. Um, their lives were taken way too soon. But yeah, I don't have any reason to doubt, man. They wouldn't. They would have changed city after city, saying, "No, we 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 got the money for farms here. We got right. the money for farms in your city, your city, your city. If you want to do it in your city, contact us. We'll let you know how to do what we did for this city and that city." And um, I, from there, yeah, I think unfortunately. They would still be targets if they yeah, did. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, they would. They would be more targets if they successfully changed it. And um, I think my story would be more about how to protect them from. At that point, uh, once you change a whole civilization like that, man, you just got to protect those leaders and uh, and then pass the information so it's not just housed in you know right. their minds alone. So yeah. Yeah, and I think the critical thing too is like later in Dr. King's life, he lost the the, the youth, like yeah. the youth, like 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 wasn't even paying attention to him anymore. Uh, it's hard. And, to, it's hard to. Yeah. yeah, and so they think the key thing Malcolm X would have done was kept that youth movement going on, because mm -hmm. you know the youth movement was kind of leaning to him, because right. you know he had his his message was a little bit more. Um, Action, resonated action. more. It resonated yep. more. Where Dr. King was at the time, yes, but little kid, kids, to be frank, they got tired of getting their ass whooped on marching. You know what I mean? They got tired of like, all right, I can't fight back, so I'm going to let this dude just whoop my ass for no reason and just keep marching. Right. And then like Malcolm X, like, yo, if a motherfucker hit you, you hit that motherfucker back. Protect yourself. Right. Protect himself, yeah. And yeah. so I think that would have been a key component too, is that he would have brought the youth back to, to Dr. King too. And I could have, I could feel like Dr. King would have been more behind the scenes, and Malcolm X would have been like, the 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 the, the vocal man, mm. in that team. I think. Yeah. See, but that I think I love the thing that I love about both of them is you can get them in a room and talk to anybody. They right. they were they were too intelligent. To not be, not to be uh, challenged. Right. So Martin Luther King, whether he's behind the scenes or not, right. if you were to tap his brain about a solution, he had very, very articulate, you know, he was uh, super intelligent. Malcolm X was the same. Yeah. But the only difference uh, from where they were was that that motivation. Right. Which is, is it anger or is it problem solving? Right, and and uh, that's where if they erased that and they was on the same page about problem solving, right? You got you got a beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, scenario that right. could have played out, and I I just can't see it going further in that time frame. They would have had to be protected in order to get to higher levels uh, right. in America. But come on, man, the presidency, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be the president of this country. No. They said, hey, man, you want to give it a shot? No, no I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'll, just be, I'll just be an influential you know, person, but no, nah, I don't want that job. 
but uh, I want to help with my people and any way I can do that, that's where I think those two would form like Voltron, man. It would be crazy. It would have been a beautiful thing to see, to see them come together and do something powerful. And I think also one of the big points too is Malcolm X was the uh, embody of that people could change because, you know, his younger life wasn't, you know, uh, roses and candy, no, you know, no. you know, he had, you know, some real shit, you know, right, and, right. but he's a prime example of that, you know, you know, even though, you know, you can go to jail, you, you know, you can change your life. And yeah. that's what he did. And yeah. I think that, I think he resonates more with people because he went through, trauma. you know, that trauma. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Dr. King did because, you know, he lost his mother. Right. So don't get me wrong. I can't imagine, you know, being, you know, to lose your mother. You know what I mean? I can't imagine that. And then also getting your house bombed. I can't right. imagine that fear that you put on himself and his kids. But Malcolm X, even though he put that um, on his um, on himself, but at the same time, it's like, all right, cool. I messed up. I redeemed myself, and I'm here to help my people. Right. So I think X uh, message resonate a little bit more yeah. than Dr. King, but at the same time, they're both just as powerful when if they were if they came together. Right, I agree, man. I agree. I would look. I would read that book. <laughs> Are you gonna make it? <laughs> look, that's how it is. That's how it is. That sounds like a good premise for what if, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. You know what I mean? And you got to add different uh, components to it too, like unsung heroes too. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'll, any, I'll, anybody, anybody born from that uh, that kind of uh, leadership? If huh? we had that kind of uh, union of our of our you know, leaders, social leaders, yeah. community leaders, yeah. um, and they were protected. We have, we've had so many amazing leaders. Right. You know, Marcus Garvey, I'm talking about the line just goes on and on. The line Love yourself. Yeah, love yourself. Empower yourself, black yeah. people. Work together. And they've been systematically murdered, taken yeah. out, in prison, silenced. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> right. uh, you know, we're, look, we ain't, we ain't trying to go. We ain't trying to get killed. Right. So let's just. All right. Well, let's calm down. But if we can protect those leaders, man, um, the children that would come out of that, the society, uh -huh. the, the next generation that would come from that, would be phenomenal. Um, right. And we can still do it. We still can do it. Uh, I've had a conversation uh, with a good friend of mine. I'm like, you can look at the way Asian communities. Yeah. Support Asian business, Asian yeah. uh, Asian um, entrepreneurship is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I'm talking about banks, medicine, right. everything, grocery stores, whatever you need, and they all support. Right. And Hispanics have that as well. I said That's we have good. we have little slices of it throughout cities here and there, man. But right. uh, it's sad to say our generation will basically uh, idolize a, a product from another culture right. and say, oh, I'll spend a thousand on that. But I ain't buying your stuff. I don't, you know, nah, I don't want to buy your stuff. I want to buy their stuff. Right, I feel you. I feel you. But also, too, I think it's the traumatization going back to it. Because if you go back to our history, we did have Black-owned yeah. communities. And yes. that shit was burned down. Burned down. <laughs> totally. Yeah, man. A hundred, look, a hundred years, that, that, that just passed. What happened yep. in Black Wall Street had yep. that. 
but we have to find a way. We got to find a way to keep Absolutely. that 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 legacy. Our, our generation continue to be consumers yeah. instead of innovators and creators and business yeah. owners. Stop preaching the mentality of go get a job. There's nothing wrong with a job. No. However, that should be a stepping stone if you have to go that route into right. saying learn that business. Right. If you're passionate about this job, right. learn how to do the business up. Right. And then start your own business. That's right. You know, compete with that. Uh, especially if you're trying, if you're in a tutelage stage and you're learning under a boss. Right. Pay attention to that boss. Right. Pay attention to how they run their business. Why are they successful? Right. I entered the comic industry no different. Um, and that's why I'm able to do Tuskegee Airs right now. Right. Uh, Greg wanted to do it before now, not not Tuskegee Airs, but he had a, uh, we had some other comic ideas. I'm like, nah, we don't know enough. We don't know enough about that industry, right. printing, selling, all that stuff. Right. So I learned it. And then once I got a, a better understanding, I shared it with Greg. And here we are, you know, with our comic book, we self-published, we're independent. We can take our books anywhere we want. Uh, no one can tell us what to write. Right. We got, <laughs> it was weird because we did an interview and I'm sorry, but no, the first one of the first interviews we had during the Kickstarter, it was like, so we noticed there were no white people in your first book. And I was like, mm. yeah. <laughs> I was like, you supposed to get a guilt trip? <laughs> I was like, no, you're right. You're right. You know what? That was not intentional. Right. Uh, but yes, you're right. That is true. <laughs> and I was like, what? For real? Okay. I guess so. Um, but that anybody else would have been like, yo, let's, let's throw in Susie. Let's throw in Katie. Um, but it didn't even phase us, like, honestly. Like, thinking back in hindsight, we was like, oh, I guess not. No. But we got, we got some white characters coming. They in there. Right. Just, no, nah, in the first book, no, there was no white characters. And it was, uh, they it just was not, yeah, they it just wasn't going to exclude them. <laughs> it was just like, no, nah, we had a story to tell, and we just right. told it. Right. You know? And, oh, it, really? and, it, and it was from your perspective, and that's the beautiful thing of being a creator, is yeah. that you create your own world. Yeah. And every time, if that person fits that puzzle, then yeah. you'll add them to the puzzle. If they don't, right. oh well, you know? Right. you know. I mean, that happens to us in the entertainment all the time. It's, yeah. you know, we, look, sometimes we're like, we're supposed to feel, you know, achieved if we become a token character. Yeah. Like, yo, it's, I mean, we got that one black guy in there. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yay. At least, we, at, like, at least we got that one. Yeah. Okay. But they got seven or eight, nine, you know, so uh, yeah. it wasn't to exclude. I can say that. Yeah. It was not to, it was not done intentionally, but it wasn't even a problem. We was like, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess so. But uh, yeah, we, we got some white characters in there, though. It's coming. It's coming. All right. I got that exclusive on that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I got that exclusive on that, isn't it? <laughs> right. right. We got them in there. We got them in there. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate you having me, man. I do. I appreciate, I appreciate it, too. But I got one more final question. Come on. Let's get it. You know, you're, you're a big fan of Avengers, right? Yeah, yeah. I love the Avengers. Yeah. Okay. If you go back to black history, if you can create your uh, black version of Avenger from black mm -hmm. historical figures, who would be the original members of your Avengers? 
Dang it. That's too that's too hard, man. It's a lot. <laughs> that's too hard. Yeah, I gotta look, I gotta pull up names on Google. <laughs> Don't cheat. Don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Um there's uh I wanna do something with uh black inventors that uh, I I've not seen done yet. And um I have a graphic that has a list of some of the most influential, but it, right. it, it it's like a whole poster. Right. But I only got the top half. Right. And I'm like, I gotta find that poster. Um, but there's cool. there books and other sources for it. But uh, no, I don't know the names by heart. But um, there's some amazing, amazing inventors that I would love to put in some sort of story. Um, I don't really like the idea of taking historical figures um, and manipulating history to fit. No, I'll you I'll know, um, but. That doesn't mean that I can't base uh, a character right. and have that character represent the same thing or the same mentality, things like that. So, uh, but there, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Because, uh, I mean, you know, I'm talking like Harry Tubman would be, I mean, she would be on par, but if she is not the leader of the field team, I don't know, man. It's like, what you doing? Uh, but I mean, like, how far can we go back? That's that's the long. Just throw out names out that you that that comes to mind. Like, who you think like would be like if this would be the first Avenger film? Right. Who would be the original? What was it? The original five? Yeah. No. Nah, who man, would be the original that's five? Too, that's too deep. That's too deep. Just come on. <laughs> Today, come off the town. It's a lot of beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I, I'll give you. I'll give you two of mine. Okay, one would be Marcus Garvey, and the other one would be W. Uh, e. B. Du Bois. Those would be my first yeah. two. Those are good. Those are good. Those are dope <laughs> ones. Yeah. But see, that's why I'm like, you know, are you talking about like the whole team? You got the whole. I'm talking about the original five that starts right. the shit off. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you understand, my, my my brain is exploding. Yeah. Have, have you been to the museum in DC? I have not. I need to go. Ooh, listen, listen, Corona, Corona's fucking everything up for everybody. Right. <laughs> I, I was I was lucky enough to go before all that hit. Um, that museum is jam packed with amazing, amazing. I can imagine. Like your feet will start hurting before you finish going through <laughs> the whole thing. But um, I'm talking about there's no time span. No time. Yeah, I'm talking about they they got like the the door Melange was based on uh, a real, actual uh, tribe of people, the, the women warriors. Uh, you know, you, real... got the, you got the Eternals coming out soon, so you can go way back. It's up to you, man. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, you can yeah, yeah. survive, bro. Yeah, my, look, my timeline, <laughs> <laughs> my brain is like, there's too many to pick from. I'd be like, give me one of those. Right. Those those warriors back then, man, they was gangster. They didn't have really time. They yeah. had sport. Yeah, so uh, that would be tough. I need to think about that. All right, that's all right. That would be for the next interview. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take notes, and then I'm going to come back ready. So. Nah, I appreciate it, man. But, no. yo, thank you for taking the time to take, chat mm -hmm. it up with me. I think this was an important conversation because I just felt like it was cool to talk about the fantasy world of comic and blend it into our today's society yeah. and how they kind of kind of mesh in together. 
And yeah. so I thought that was a, do a dope conversation and that was a dope post that you had that engagement with your kids, man. So I appreciate that, brother. Most definitely, man. Salute. Salute to you, man. Keep doing your thing, man. Thank I appreciate you. that, bro. You got one more thing to say to people that's watching when it comes to illustrating yeah. being a form of protest. Because that's the one thing you see a lot of illustrators creating images for Breanne Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Greg right. Cool. So can right. you link the two, how illustration is a form of protest? Uh, it, it, it bothered me a lot, man. And um, if you if you, um, if you you interviewed Greg, uh, Greg Burnham, man, um, I had a long conversation with him about, like, I was, I was really um, going through it. Like, I don't even know what to draw right. to, to, to say how I feel uh, right. because I'm angry. Right. And I have to be responsible. I got kids. So right. I'm like, I don't, I have to be responsible with my voice. Uh, right. I have people that follow me. Um, right. And it really weighed on me. So for you, yeah, yeah. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I'm behind you But always got you, hinder discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you but still in all give you every advantage I found couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown and since the baton was passed I've been down cause failing's not an option and dad is not a noun not at all my message to any dad man first off know that yeah it, it is a hard job but it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it everything you're doing from here on out if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.